138 this morning. Psalm 138. Psalm 138. He didn't mention the CD there. Our home church uh, got a CD made for our family at Faith Music Missions uh, to help us as we travel. If you would like one of those, I've got some with us. They're $12, and uh, the Lord will bless you for that. Kind of odd for me. I've never done anything like that. But the Bible does say, buy the truth and sell it not. And I know the Word of God is truth. And uh, we strive in the music from our family to have biblical truth in it. Amen. And so I believe it would be a blessing to you. That was our pastor's desire to get uh, good, strong, biblical music back out there. And uh, so we praise the Lord for that opportunity. Let's stand, if you would, Psalm 138. Thank you again, Brother Craig, for the opportunity uh, to stand and to preach. And uh, I want to try to mind the Lord this morning. But let's read here in Psalm 138, and we'll start reading verse number 1, read these eight verses this morning. The psalmist David said, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day when I cried, thou answeredest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high... Yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the reading of your word this morning. Thank you for the good songs that we've sang to magnify you and to honor and glorify you. And I thank you, God, for this crowd assembled this morning. But God, I need your touch. I need your help. Lord, I don't know very many people here, but I know that you know everyone. And I pray that you'd speak through me in a way to help this church, to help this pastor and his family. And we'll thank you for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want you to notice here in Psalm 138, it tells us that this is a a psalm of David, and uh, we don't know what kind of trouble that David is in, but David says in verse number 7, he said, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. And uh, I know in the day we're living in, there's a lot, uh, Brother Craig, that is called revival. And uh, it's about a word that is used and uh, used out of place in our day. A lot of people think the term revival uh, is built around uh, large numbers and a lot of noise. That's usually what people call revival. But uh, I don't want to do away with Bible terms and Bible words just because uh, society and religion has perverted that. And revival is a Bible term or to be revived in the things of God. And so you'll find here that David says, here in verse number 7, though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me, O Lord. Now David understood this morning where revival come from. A lot of times we call revival having a preacher in and we hope that we see a large number come to the house of God and we hope that we hear a lot of noise and people are loud and they're praising God. Now numbers and noise can be a result that comes from revival, but that is not revival. A revival Revival will continue on after the numbers are gone and the noise has dimmed down. Amen. And uh, David is talking about uh, not a revival that uh, is something you see outwardly. Now there is uh, 
of things, I believe, results so you can visibly see uh, from revival. But revival is not something that uh, starts on the outside. It's something that God does uh, inside of the heart of uh, his people that have been saved by the grace of God. Now, what David says here, he says, God, uh, I'm in the midst uh, of trouble. You study that word midst. Uh, it's got uh, that word midst means in the middle of. Uh, it means in the center of. Uh, but one, one of the definitions, I studied that word midst. Uh, uh, the word midst means to be surrounded. And we're more and more in America being more and more surrounded uh, by wickedness and ungodliness uh, and surrounded uh, by trouble. And David says here, though I dwell in the midst, though I dwell surrounded uh, by trouble, he said, yeah, thou wilt revive me. And uh, the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter number 57 and verse number 15, God says about himself, he said, I am the high and the lofty one. He said, I'm the one that inhabits eternity. He said, I, I dwell in the high and the holy place. He said, I dwell there that I might revive, I might revive the contrite, the humble and the contrite ones. And so God narrows it down that he's the one that holds the key to revival. And he holds it up in the high and the lofty place this morning. And he says those that have a humble heart, those that have a contrite spirit, he said, I will revive the ones that have the desire for revival in their life. Amen. And so revival this morning is something that starts in heaven where a holy God is on his throne. And he said, let me turn to that place there and read it to you. Exactly as it says in Isaiah 57 and verse number 15, God said, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. He said, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. It says to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. And so God uh, is given an invitation here uh, that we, you and I, who, who have been saved by the grace of God, uh, can have revival in our lives. And it's hard, seems like, Brother Craig, for me to preach about revival because it's been it's been so uh, been misused. It's been so greatly used in such a different way in the day and hour that we're living in. I don't believe, dear friend, if we're as far as it looks like we are, that we're going to see a national revival. Paul said, this know also in the last days a perilous time shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. He goes on down, said they'd be traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. And he said that crowd would have a form of godliness and they would deny the power thereof. And it goes on. He said, Now is Janus and Jambres withstood Moses. So do these also resist the truth. And the Bible says, Thank God they're not going to proceed any further. But Paul said that evil men and seducers would wax worse and worse. And I believe we're seeing that, don't you? I'm glad I got a book this morning to let me know what time it is and to let me know where we're at. And so 
I don't believe uh, uh, most likely that we're going to see national uh, or global revival. Uh, I don't believe, dear friend, uh, uh, that we're going to see a national revival uh, in a nation that's murdered so many babies, uh, that's drank so much liquor, uh, uh, that's running around in adultery uh, and fornication uh, and wickedness. Uh, uh, but hey, I'm glad I know the times, uh, but I don't find anywhere in the Word of God where God said, uh, you, my, my children uh, can just sit down and die in lukewarmness. Uh, no, God said he'd spew that out of his mouth is what he said. Uh, hey, we need revival uh, in the midst of trouble, uh, and there's an open invitation uh, to everybody sitting here uh, that's ever been saved by the grace of God. Uh, God calls out. Uh, he's got a it's singular here. Uh, he said, I'm the one God, uh, the one that inhabiteth eternity. Uh, he said, whose name is holy. He said, I dwell in the high and holy place. Uh, let me say in 2021, uh, God hadn't changed where he dwells at. Uh, he dwells on high and he dwells uh, in holiness uh, and he's not going to change it for anybody. Amen. I'm, not, I'm glad uh, like he told him there in Malachi, he said, I am the Lord. I change not uh, and therefore ye sons of Jacob uh, are not consumed. Uh, I'm glad in a changing world uh, uh, there's a God that doesn't change. Uh, and I wonder this morning, uh, I tell you what's going to uh, help us in this day, in our nation, if there is a chance of revival, it's not going to come uh, from uh, uh, the so-called community, uh, faith centers of our day, uh, and the interfaith movement. Uh, it's going to have to come from God's people, uh, and God's people in their homes revived, uh, and the house of God uh, coming in and being revived, uh, and going out into the world, uh, living the revived life in the midst of trouble. Right. Amen. God's got an invitation and he's not going to move from where he's at. You know it says here, I dwell in the high and holy place with him that is also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. Do you know it was humbling for God to robe himself in flesh, place himself into a virgin's womb, and be born into this world? But hey, that's not where his humility started at. God's humility did not start when he came and was born into this world. Psalm 113 says, who is like the most high God that dwelleth on high who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven. It was humbling to God to even look around heaven in a perfect place. Amen. I'd even look around there at the cherubims and the seraphims and all that's in heaven. It was humbling to him but I'm glad he came down, aren't you? And he is willing to die that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And this morning what revival is it's letting that life that God put inside of you and you got born again, letting it live. Tell you what's wrong with our modern day Christianity, people that have the life of God inside of them. They're not letting it live through them. Paul said over there, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both the will and to do of his good pleasure. He said, do all things without murmurings and disputings that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst, surrounded by a crooked and perverse nation. He said, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. I wonder this morning, have you 
you've been born again, if you've been born again, are you walking in revival in the midst of the trouble, troubled hour that we're in? I'm saying there's a God in heaven that says you can, and he's the one that'll bring you revival. Amen. We're living in such a prideful, arrogant generation. I'm talking now God's people. I mean, it, it, it ought to break our heart to see the prideful arrogance against our government and against our society by the heathen. But I'm saying that there's an arrogance. There's a pride-filled group that calls themselves the children of God that doesn't, is not seeking revival. I mean, they're just settled down and cooled off, and that's the problem, amen, just Judgment begins down at the house of God. Amen. Do you want revival? I mean, uh, years ago, uh, uh, they, they'd have revival for weeks. I saw a sign the other day, Brother Craig. It's had on the sign out there, one night revival. I mean, you might get something in one night with you and God somewhere alone that'll last you a long time and last you a lifetime, but it's going to start, it'll start this morning uh, with God and you. Amen? So how about it this morning? Do you want revival? Uh, David said he is in the midst of trouble. Uh, Back over here in Isaiah 57, uh, and let me read some more of this verse. He said, uh, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. That word contrite there, if you study that word contrite, uh, what that word contrite means uh, uh, there uh, in that uh, text, uh, the word contrite, it means brokenhearted uh, over sin. It means deeply affected with grief and sorrow for having offended God. Amen? Oh, we've arrived nowadays, haven't we? I mean, we, we look at society and look at their sin and how wicked it is. Uh, but I'm glad the Bible said, uh, Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty uh, and continueth therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Uh, the Bible talks about how uh, the, the natural man uh, looks, uh, looks into the, the, the glass of the word of God uh, and he goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner man he was. Uh, but if we look into that perfect law of liberty, it'll show us what we are and we walk out and continue in that. Amen. That's what revival is. The spirit filled life. And we don't have to get emptied of some things in this generation that we might be filled with the spirit of God. And here's how it is. This word contrite also means it means uh, uh, oppressed, crushed, crumbled, smitten, afflicted, bruised, and broken in pieces. Does that sound familiar to you? Now that's all my spiritual. Now, I'm not promoting you going out like some religions say and uh, uh, trying to punish your physical body by cutting your flesh. Uh, I mean, the Catholic Church, uh, they, they say one of the ways that you help purge your sins, uh, somewhere down in, in some countries, uh, they'll put glass out in the streets, broken bottles, uh, they'll put hot coals uh, of burning wood, uh, and they'll put it out there for a mile, uh, and uh, hey, 
they say where you can even start having forgiveness that the offenders a certain time every year have to come and walk that whole mile barefooted in the glass and in the hot coals with their bare feet. I sure am glad for Calvary this morning, aren't you? I sure am glad that Jesus suffered and bled and died for me on the cross of Calvary and what God did to himself. You know what Jesus did on Calvary? He made himself contrite in the sight of his father. He humbled himself. The Bible said over there in Philippians chapter number two, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and the Bible says in being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross and the Bible said wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and the Bible says that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He quoted that about every tongue is going to confess out of Isaiah 45 and verse number 23 he said God said the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and it shall not return. Hey God's not going to eat his words this morning. If we do good eat our words and humble ourselves before God in a contrite way that we might have revival. Amen. Amen. Nowadays they just said you got to get some uh, uh, some modern day uh, uh, song leader uh, that looks like the world, sounds like the world uh, and some marketer in the pulpit uh, to motivate everybody uh, and tell them how good they are. Uh, and thank God we need men of God in this day uh, that will stand preach the word of God and people that will say by the grace of God I'm going to walk revived in the midst of trouble. Right. Amen. Right. Hey, our Lord made himself contrite. Isaiah 53 gives a definition of contrite. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 53, who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. He said, for he shall grow up as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. That's what the Bible says, contrite is grieving about sin. I mean, he had no sin of his own, but he suffered grief. He is a man of sorrows, unacquainted with grief. The Bible said he was oppressed, and the Bible tells us he was bruised, he was wounded, he was afflicted there in Isaiah 53. Amen. He did that to buy our salvation and our redemption. He did that, the Bible said, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Amen. He said, for you as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. He became contrite out of dying to give us life. But if we're going to live the life that he put inside of us and be revived, dear friend, we're going to have to get contrite and humble before God. Amen. Crush, oppress, 
smite, afflict this flesh, bruise it, uh, break it in pieces. I'm talking spiritually this morning, amen. I believe why we don't have revivals, we're pampering our flesh. It's real quiet this morning, amen. I know y'all don't know me, and I'm just sound like a loud mouth mad here, but I'm not. But you know what I believe every child of God really wants deep down inside revival. I believe they want the real thing. I tell you this, God narrows it down. It ain't the person across the pew from you. It's not the man in the pulpit. It's up to you between you and God. And if you'll decide on your own uh, between me and God, I'm going to walk revived in the midst of trouble. Hey, at least you'll have peace if nobody else does. At least you'll have passion if nobody else does. At least somebody will see God in you if they don't see it in anybody else. Amen. Here's some words associated. The word, the word revival, it starts out with that little uh, prefix re, which means again. Amen. It means again. And let me say, a revival is a one-to-one individual thing between God and a humble and a contrite child of God. That word regeneration, born again. Do you remember when you got born again? Was there a time when you really rejoiced over it more than you do now? That's part of revival if you studied out to joy again. Uh, the word regeneration, the word remembrance. <coughs> Peter said over there in 2 Peter chapter number 3, uh, he said this second epistle, beloved, uh, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure hearts by way of remembrance. Uh, and uh, he's reminding them about what he wrote in, in, in First Peter and what he said in Second Peter. He talks about the book and the blood and the new birth and the inheritance that's coming one day. Hey, listen, I can't even stir you up to revival. I'm trying to do the best I can to tell you what God said this morning. It's going to have to go back down memory lane when God saved you, when you repented, when you turned, amen. Hey, revival and all of that. Just makes sense this morning. Amen. It's going to be a personal revival. Don't wait for the church to get revival. You understand that statement? I mean, we come into our churches uh, Sunday after Sunday. When's the preacher going to bring revival? When's so and so going to bring revival? I don't have it. He don't have it. God's got it. And I'll tell you what make this church revived. If you in your daily life, if you're born again, your daily life will walk in the midst of trouble and say, oh God, revive me. Give me the power of God. Give me your life. Or let me live your life. Let it live out through me. You know what? You got to watch out in trouble back over here in Psalm 138. You know what David knew about trouble? David knew when you get surrounded by trouble, you're very likely to do things half-hearted. Look at that Psalm 138, verse number 1. David said in Psalm 138, verse number 1, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Now, David starts out in the first six verses, uh, and he's telling God uh, uh, what he's going to do, what he believes about God. Uh, and then he asks him in verse number, or he, he proclaims to him, verse 7, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, yet thou wilt revive me. So David knew in trouble, Brother Craig, he knew in trouble, 
uh, you can do things half-hearted. I'm guilty. What about you this morning? I mean, I get to operating in the flesh and thinking about what's going on in the world. Uh, I'll just half-hearted want to do things for God. Uh, I'll half-hearted read my Bible, half-hearted pray, uh, half-hearted witness. Uh, and uh, hey, the worst thing uh, is uh, half-heartedly praise God, uh, half-heartedly have fellowship with the Lord. Uh, and David said, I will praise thee uh, with my whole heart. you got to watch out in this day uh, of having a half-hearted way. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter what day it is. I mean, some people think, well, if I'd lived in the days of Abraham, if I'd lived in the days of David, uh, you don't live in those days, uh, and you're not going to live in those days. Uh, we're living in the days God uh, saw for us, fit for us to live in, and like they had revival, we can have revival. Yes. Amen? Psalm 34, 1, he said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Amen. David knew that trouble will make you live the Christian life half-hearted, but he said, I'm going to praise thee with my whole heart. He knew in this verse that, uh, that trouble will make you live your life hard-hearted. I tell you, I see what's going on. A lot of times I want to take up the flesh and deal with stuff, don't you? What they've done to our nation, our flag, I'll say this, I'm not going to sacrifice my family or the church or Bible Christianity for any nation, especially one as wicked as this one, amen. I want to pray for it, but I don't want to get hard-hearted, so hard-hearted by the times that I can't rejoice in what God's done for me. Look, look at verse number three, he said, In the day when I cried, thou answeredest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. His heart was still tender enough to remember that night, that day, that morning when he cried out to God and he didn't have strength to help himself and God helped him. And listen, the Bible says over there in Romans chapter number 5, for when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Paul said, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die yet for adventure. For a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. He said, much more than being now justified by his blood, we should be safe from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, uh, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, uh, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved uh, by his life. Uh, I don't want to get my heart hardened uh, about uh, what's going on today. Thank God. Uh, I remember when God saved me uh, at 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, sitting on a bicycle, afraid my next breath would be in hell. I didn't have strength. Uh, I didn't have strength to take the conviction away. I didn't have strength, thank God, to wash my own sins away. All I knew is the preacher said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. At about three o'clock in the morning, I took God at his word, and I cried out to God, and I got peace that night. Now, I don't ever let this world, uh, I don't ever want to let even some people that call themselves the people of God, uh, let my heart get hardened. Uh, I want to be tender uh, toward God uh, and his mercy he showed on me. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. David said there, uh, I'm, I don't want to get hard-hearted. He said, I remember, Lord. 
I don't know what kind of trouble David was in here, but David just said, I'm surrounded by it. He said, I'm not going to get half-hearted. I'm not going to get hard-hearted. He said, I'm not going to get hot-headed. Amen. You know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, uh, against spiritual wickedness in high places, the Bible says. Uh, and I'm glad uh, our, our labor's not in vain. Uh, Paul said, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And for as much as you know, your labor's not in vain because you got the victory in Jesus Christ. Look what he said in verse number seven. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hands against the wrath of my enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. And that's on my a physical thing in David's life. I believe when he called for salvation, I'm glad that I know the end of the story this morning. I know everything's headed. Hey, God's going to destroy all his enemies, all our enemies one day. And you and I got a responsibility. I don't walk this this life revived in the midst of trouble, in the face of adversity, in the eyes of sinners. Amen. He said, I'm not going to be half-hearted, hard-hearted, or hot-headed. He said, I'm going to let God take care of it. Amen. That that hard-hearted when David said in the day when I cried thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. We're living in a day of, of self-mediation. Amen? It's how do you know, preacher? Uh, not many people read their Bible and pray. They think, uh, I, I, I got my own counsel in my own life. Uh, when we don't read our Bible or pray, we're telling God, I can handle it on my own. I'm smart enough to handle these times on my own. That's what it's saying in it, amen. But we're living in a day that the Bible said there's one God and one mediator between God and men, and the man Christ Jesus. More and more I hear people uh, talking about their inner being and following their mind. Paul said about that crowd, whose God is their belly, who mind earthly things, and whose end is destruction. Uh, but he talked about it. We're going to get a new body one day. Uh, but listen, what I'm trying to talk about here is uh, that we've got a God that you and I can get a hold of and come boldly to his throne of grace on behalf of lost sinners on behalf of the saints of God and even on behalf of ourselves. But we're living in a day of self-mediation and self-strengthening. And uh, you hear all these things uh, on the radios if you turn it on very much. Uh, and everything seems to be self-strengthening, self-motivating, uh, self-inspiration and self-improvement. Y'all hearing all of that? It's crept into the church. You know what you still got after you got born again? An old wretched man. An old wretched woman. Don't fall. It's crept into the church today that there's some kind of good in, inside of us. Paul said in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. My flesh is my enemy, and I'm not going to walk like Jesus. I'm not going to walk revived in the power of the flesh. But I'm telling you again, there's a God sitting on a high and holy place crying out that he will revive you. Amen? So let me get to the text. Amen. I see all this and what David is saying there. 
revival in the midst of trouble. Look at verse number one. He said, I'll praise thee with my whole heart before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. Now David is saying here, thou will revive me in the midst of trouble. And you know what David, he said with my, uh, my personal will, he, was, he said, I'm personally willing for you to revive me. You see there in the text, he said, I will, I will praise thee with my whole heart before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple. And so what I'm trying to say tonight, and I've, I've, this morning I've said it already, it's really, Brother Craig, and we've talked about this, but it's really to the point where people is dependent on somebody else for their spirituality and dependent on a preacher or somebody like that. Thank God for the man of God. But I wonder this morning, uh, who's here and God's working in your heart and you'll come personally willing and say, God, I want revival. I mean, is there a time whenever you, you worship God more? There was a time when you rejoiced in God more? Was there a time when you uh, just didn't have to have, uh, uh, just have to have the house of God uh, to lift you up, but you could walk revived? Hey, I'm minding God this morning. This may not be a normal Sunday morning message. This is what God ordered, amen. And uh, hey, sinners need to see us uh, saying that I'm personally willing to live for God. He said, I'll, I'll praise thee and I'll sing praises unto thee. You know what I thought about there? I thought about Paul and Silas. Amen. They'd been going up to prayer meeting, and as they was going up there to prayer meeting, and it didn't just happen once, as they went many different times, there was this young demon-possessed girl, and she was crying out. Sounded like she was crying out a good revival, a communicable message, and she was saying, these men show us the way of the Most High God. But listen, there's a lot of demon-possessed preachers and people today in a lot of churches that are working iniquity, and they're crying revival. But listen, Paul said, come out of her. That kind of preaching messed up the marketing of the town and the finances of the town and they got mad at Paul and Silas and the Bible said they laid stripes on their back and, they, and when they took them to the jailer he thrust them into the inner prison and at midnight, amen and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the Bible said the prisoners heard them. And hey, the prisoners ain't all they heard. God heard them. And God shook the prison house. And God saved a sinner that night. Amen. Hey, God revived. Those men were walking, I believe. How could they sing at midnight? How could they praise God with stripes on their back and dirt inside the wounds that they were suffering? They is revived, amen. Yeah. They is personally willing to be. Amen. I say this is a one-on-one -on -one thing, but I'll tell you, might not be anything wrong. Maybe there's somebody here you're better friends with, y'all can get together and say, listen. Uh, we're going to pray together. Uh, we're going we're gonna, to uh, uh, praise God together. We're going to get along out somewhere uh, in a cornfield. There's plenty of them here, amen. Not any corn yet. If I find a little patch of wood somewhere and get together, if, if that'll work. Uh, but hey, uh, get along with God. Get along together. I don't know what it is this morning, but I, I'm not seeing revival, are you? I believe we're not personally willing. David said, I'm personally willing, and he said, Thou wilt revive me. 
Then he said, I, not only I'm personally willing, but he said, I'm preeminently worshiping. Says in verse number one, I'll praise thee with my whole heart. He said, I'm personally willing. He said, before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. He said, God, I'm preeminently going to worship you. Look at verse 2. He said, I'll worship toward thy holy temple. Now, you hear here in the house of God. You hear on Wednesday night. You hear when the doors are open. If you're not, you know why you're not. You've got something else you need to worship. It's that narrow. Amen? It's that narrow. He said, I'll worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. A true worship will revolve around the house of God, the name of God, and the truth of God. What's it worth to you? That's what worship means. But here's what preeminent worship. He said, before the gods will I sing praise unto you. You know what we think today? We think that word before means you can have a list of, of ten gods as long as God's number one. That ain't it. God said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. He didn't say you have other ones below me. He said, no other God in my sight. And by the way, God's the only God. He knows. You know that this morning? He said over there in Isaiah, is there any God beside me? He said, I know not any. I mean, thank God. He said, there's no God beside me. We're serving the only real, true, and living God this morning. What's he worth to you? Amen. Preeminent worship. The Bible said Jesus, he died for our sins that he might have the preeminence to be first above everything else. That's revival, amen. Preeminent worship. You know the first place in the word of God, the first place in the word of God, the word worship is found. It's also the first place in the word of God where the phrase love is is found in the same chapter, Genesis chapter number 22. The first place where the word worship is found is also the first place where the word love is found. God told Abraham, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. That's the first place the word love is mentioned in the word of God. What a picture. The first mention of love is where a father's willing to give his son, a son's willing to give his life, and sinners walk away free. What a gospel message, amen. I'm glad he loved us this morning, aren't you? And listen, Abraham, he said, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee in the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the the mountains which I'll tell thee of and the Bible says uh, Abraham in his revived heart I believe he rose up early in the morning saddled his ass uh, and he headed out to the place where God had told him of and when God told him when he was there uh, uh, you get <coughs> down there and uh he told those young men he said you abide here with the ass he said I and the ladder going yonder to worship and shall come again Amen. He said, me and the ladder going yonder to worship and we shall come again. Thank God there was a ram caught in the thicket. Amen. By its horns. And he said, Abraham, Abraham, touch not the lad. 
Oh, I'll tell you what ought to revive you this morning is because of the Son of God. The wrath of God doesn't abide on you anymore. You'll not face the wrath to come. Amen. If that doesn't revive you, nothing will this morning. But I'm sure I'm glad that before eternity passed behind us, thank God, the God who inhabiteth eternity was willing to die for our sins and to be our sacrifice where the wrath of God wouldn't touch us. Amen. And if I don't revive this generation, it ain't going to get it. The Bible said, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how should it also with him freely give us all things this morning? I tell you, he's worthy, he's deserving of preeminent worship in our life. You say, you don't know what I went through, preacher. You know what the Bible says over there about Job lost all his children, lost everything that he had, and those ashes that he had, uh, uh, you say, well, preacher, you don't understand how, how church and church people uh, and, and living the life of sacrifice for God has hurt me. Uh, listen, uh, Job uh, would offer sacrifices just in case his kids had sinned against God, and then they all died. And he said in those ashes, said, then Job arose and worshiped. Amen. I don't know what God's saying this morning, but I'm trying to say what he's told me to say this morning. Revival in the midst of trouble, you'd agree we're in it, won't you? I'm fixed. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm just about done the, are you personally willing this morning? We have the invitation. We don't have to have a public invitation. Nothing wrong with it. God will give them the invitation. But who will come sound personally willing? I'm talking about from the youngest here that's born again to the oldest sitting here. You need revival in this day. I mean, if you're walking to revival, thank God for it. And, uh, but listen, uh, there, there's a preeminent worship in the life of a child of God that has to be for revival. There's the powerful word of God. Verse number two, uh, he says, For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Well, I'm glad we got a powerful book here. When you start magnifying God's word, you're going to get in trouble. Isn't that right? I believe there's already things written in, in, the, in the laws. Remember back when Obama had thousand page laws and different things? There's all writing and just don't read it, just sign it into law. There's already laws and there's already. Uh, we're, if you're going to believe like this church says it believes and what you believe, you're becoming an enemy of the state. In fact, you already are. Amen? You're going to have to have revival. We're going to have to have revival. I believe we've minimized God's word in our life. James 1.18 said, Of his own will begot he us with the word of truth. Said that you might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And it says, Wherefore let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And it said, Wherefore let us lay aside all, uh, all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. That's not talking about salvation to get me to heaven, but that's talking about. 
to save me. My, that soul's talking about the inner being, the mind, the intellect is part of that. Amen. And listen, in this day, if we don't watch out, we'll go crazy in our mind. Y'all feeling that in this day? It'll take the engrafted word. It'll take him planting this word in your heart and your mind and your children. I, I believe the Lord's coming soon, but it may be a hundred years or a thousand years. I don't know, dear friend, but I'm telling you this. The only hope for our homes, the only hope for our churches in America is people that are saved and engrafting the word of God in their hearts, magnifying the word of God, walking and living revived. So this morning, I don't know what God said to you through all this, but Revival in the midst of trouble, do you want it? Or you just want to go on in complacency, humdrum Christianity? We've fallen in love with the world, haven't we? We've fallen in love with the world. Verse 5, and I'm just going to mention these talks about God's permanent ways. There's coming a day on this earth where Jesus is going to sit on the throne of his Father. Amen. And there's going to be songs of praise to him. You can read down through here and there's going to be great glory unto him on this earth while he sits on his throne and God's ways are permanent ways. God's going to establish his ways and uh, there's a promised war coming. God's going to destroy. There's a perfecting work that's going on there in verse number 8 in the life of a child of God. I sure am glad when I got saved that night I didn't understand all I got. Amen. But I sure am glad as I've stayed in the word of God and I've seen the Word of God work in my life and in my family's life. In this troubled day we're living in, it gives me a greater desire for revival. What about you this morning? What about you? Let's, let's stand this morning if it's all right, Pastor.